0: Oh oh oh! Well well well! Welcome to another episode of the Search SEO Podcast. We spread more SEO insights than a mosquito does West Nile virus and malaria combined. Today we smash enterprise SEO cliches with all-star expert Eli Schwartz, where we talk about beyond just writing more content, how enterprise sites should think about creating content, the issue of user intent facing enterprise sites, and what brings true efficiency to an enterprise SEO team, and of course, how they can best allocate limited resources. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, and I am joined by the bodacious, the bodacious, the intrepidly the intrepid, Kim Ragones.
1: Thank you, Morty. It's good to be here. It's been a week already. Really? It's a week? We do this weekly? It's a weekly podcast. I, I think yeah, so. Look at that. I, I feel noticed. older. You look older. Yeah,
0: I'm more mature. No. No? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Very good. Okay, before I take another breath, let me remind you that each and every Tuesday, you can find an episode of the In Search SEO Podcast. We can find it on the Rank Ranger blog. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on Stitcher and Spotify and wherever else. And of course, you can subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Um, We thank you in advance for subscribing. Anyway, before we get into the great interview with Eli Schwartz, let me tease you a bit with some data because... Well, why not? I don't really have a good reason. Anyway, for the second week in a row, we are going data.
1: March 7th, our mobile SERP feature tracker caught a large increase in mobile image thumbnails. Specifically, the average number of thumbnails jumped from 4 to 5, while the feature went from showing on 45% of page 1 SERPs to 65%.
0: Yeah, that's a 20-point increase. That's huge. That's just enormous. Um, so, I dug into this um, a little bit, and guess what kind of keywords brought up image thumbnails on the mobile SERP, but brought them to new heights? The answer is drumroll, please. That is so good. I can yes. never do that. My drumrolls suck. Anyway, uh, product keywords, which is surprising because I assumed every product on the planet already had an image thumbnail on the SERP. So, alas. That was not the case. So in other words, you had keywords such as jeans for men, jogger shorts, cheap furniture online, fishnet dresses, how much does a bulldozer cost to rent, vanilla diffuser, whatever that is, all now bring up image thumbnails on the mobile SERP. By the way, not all the product keywords brought up an image thumbnail for products. For example, I noticed that if a... Product-related keyword had local intent, such as electric hot water heater in Raleigh, North Carolina. A lot of those kind of keywords brought up images, image thumbnails related to the business, not to the product. So if you are selling or if you install electric hot water heaters, you may have had a picture of a handyman show up as the image thumbnail, not an electric hot water heater. Okay. The weirdest one, okay, the weirdest one while i was sifting through 16,000 or so keywords – and it was, it was a keyword for septic tank Alabama, as if I, you needed to see an image of a septic tank, right? Well, you don't because instead of seeing an image of a septic tank in the, in, in the image thumbnails, you see an image for PDF, all sorts of PDFs for Alabama's waste regulations, which is just yummy. Yes. Right.
1: Well, maybe you don't want to see those pictures of septic tanks or the details, but whoever is searching for them might be looking for it. That's a good point. That's true. Yes. yes. That's true.
0: But here, in this case, they got a PDF of some regulation. But you can't even see the words on the PDF because the image thumbnail is so small and the PDF is so big. Anyway, uh, modifiers, by the way, modifiers do not seem to impact the showing of image thumbnails. In other words, if you search for either uh, rent a boom or um, how to rent a boom lift, you got thumbnails for both boom lift keywords.
1: What is a boom lift?
0: It's, it's like a cherry picker thing. By the way, I had no idea what it was. The only reason I knew is because now I see an image thumbnail for it. So thank you, Google. Now I know more useless information than I did previously.
1: So you're saying that you understand what a boom lift is after you searched on Google and saw a picture of it. Maybe it does make sense then to show a picture also of a septic tank if people search for that as well right yeah,
0: yeah okay fine so you're putting me into a corner you're catching yes. me in my own lies i understand yes okay if you want to know what a septic tank looks like and you don't know what it looks like just like now i know what a boom lift is great you're right okay yes. wonderful thank you so much thank you i feel like i'm back at home <laughs> this is great good yeah you're I'm, you're right okay i i lose
1: yes you lose and let's move on to the interview
0: um yes let's move on to the interview you're right here to t- here to take on the cliches of enterprise SEO is the one, the only Eli Schwartz. Cut one. I cannot be more excited for this in search SEO podcast interview today. We have a true SEO guru, and yes, I know it's a buzzword that we throw around way too often. But when you are a contributor to Search Engine Land, to Search Engine Journal, a regular speaker at events like PubCon and SMX. When you're a judge for the US Search Awards, you're an SEO guru, I'm sorry, like it or not. And who better talk about enterprise SEO than SurveyMonkey's own director of growth and SEO, Eli Schwartz?
2: Hi, Morty. Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on. So I gotta ask you, what's your favorite curse word? No, I'm joking. Um, no, what's the worst conference you've ever been to? No, still kidding. As someone who goes to a lot of conferences, can you enlighten us and start us off on a lighter note with just a cool story from a conference, something funny, something uh, tragic, something exciting, something behind the scenes, maybe juicy?
2: So I I love going to conferences, and I, I feel like everyone in the search marketing field should go to conferences because if you don't go to conferences, you're sitting in your own bubble. You're reading books about SEO, and you're trying to figure out how this whole thing works. And when you go to conferences, you're like learning what other people are doing, and you're, you're hearing from speakers, you're meeting the speakers, and people are talking about things you might not have already known. I've learned so much from conferences. I went to my first conference, uh, I think, 11 years ago, and I was baffled that other people like, had the same issues I had. And at the time, I remember you know, hearing about people at, at working at media companies. I think there's the New York Times there, Business Week was there, and I was working at a media company. And they were talking about how difficult it was to like use the right keywords in media because you had journalistic standards and they, they didn't really care so much about keywords. And then fast forward like other conferences and hearing people talk about their, their tips and tricks. I was at a PubCon where they were, had a speaker who talked about how to hack other websites and inject <laughs> keywords onto other websites and backlinks into other websites. Like, literally all the coolest things I have learned have been from conferences or from hanging out with people at conferences. I, I made bets with people, like I learned how TLDs work, or you know, CCTLDs, because I was working on one thing, a really large company was working on another thing, and we made a bet on how it would work, and I, I won that bet. And I think the, the bet we had was whether launching a Peruvian TLD was gonna outrank the Colombian TLD that was already ranking in Peru. And I said it wouldn't, and I was right. This was before HRF Lang. So like, literally, like, that gave me an impetus to like, run an experiment, and these things are so cool. Most recent conference I went to, I think, was was SMX and learned some really interesting things about progressive web apps from, from Bartos. So, so many cool things I've learned at conferences. And if you're not already going to conferences, best recommendation I could ever give you. All
0: right. So, it's official. Go to conferences, you're a sucker. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, let's get into some um, myths or some watered-down truths about um SEO, enterprise SEO. Uh, maybe we'll settle things once and for all. And I want to start off with content. All right. So when you look around for enterprise um, SEO tips, okay, one of the it's, and this one to me is like it's like herpes. It's it's spread everywhere it touches. It's it's spread. And that's every site needs to write content. Every enterprise site needs to write more content, lots of content, even more content than that for even more links. Which sounds like a plan for content sat- saturation. And it sounds way too linear, way too simplistic. So what are some actual specific ways enterprise sites can leverage content both for the sake of content per se and for the sake of link building?
2: So I think it's important to define what an enterprise site is. So I look at enterprise site as a site that has upwards of 100,000 pages, quality pages. I'm not just saying you spin a bunch of content. So 100,000 pages. When it comes to content for that, it's really about leveraging the right content. So the larger the company, the more content's being produced. So for example, at SurveyMonkey, we have our core domain, www.serverment.com we have our domain replicated in 16 other languages we have multiple products we have acquisitions we've made over time and on top of that we have a help center which is running on Salesforce for each of our core products so every single product has its own Salesforce iteration of help center and that's all content so really when we're doing SEO we're trying to tie that all together with a cohesive campaign on what should rank for what and not just our rankings but like how do you provide the best customer experience A logged in user, they're gonna want help. A not logged in user or not yet a user is gonna wanna learn about the product. So content exists. The larger the company, the more people you have creating content. We have SEM campaigns. Those are content. If I didn't put a no index on them, that would be content out on the web competing with the content I want to rank. So enterprise is more of a challenge of wrangling content than producing content because you're never gonna have a problem with people producing content, salespeople produce content, think it's a great idea to just slap it up on the web. Not such a great idea if that's competing against other non-sales content.
0: That's a great way to look at it, actually. Um, it's a totally unique way to look at it. Actually. I think it's probably the first time I've ever heard somebody say that, at least in public.
2: Yeah. I mean, the larger the enterprise, the more complicated it is. Like, uh, I worked with companies, you know, I've helped out some companies with SEO strategy. There's a the company I'm helping out right now, which is it's great. Every time I log into their Google Search Console, there's a letter B about after their impressions and their clicks. They literally get more than a billion impressions a month. I think that qualifies as enterprise SEO. It's really not about like, how do I get this keyword ranking higher? It's like, how do I get this 50,000 collection of pages ranking better? Or how do I make sure that the pages actually get crawled? And when, you know, there's a big difference if you have a billion or two billion impressions and you go down a billion and a half, that's gonna hurt your traffic. Whereas if you're a smaller site and you only have you know, hundred, thousand impressions a month and you go up or down and like that'll just happen. But you know, with, with a billion impressions and that's a that's a you know decent footprint on the internet. It's really wrangling rankings and wrangling an understanding of SEO rather than just a straight up campaign of like, how do I get this single page ranking better?
0: Right, so I do want to get back into content organization a little bit, but let me let me ask you this, and I hear this one all the time. Um, I hear this for size big and small. Um, it's one of those topics that's become sort of the topic of topics in in SEO, and that's you have to target user intent, which to me is totally meaningless. Right? What does that actually mean? What is intent? What does understanding intent actually look like? How do you accurately determine how Google sees intent or latent intent or manifest intent within your your content and, and your keywords? That said. How does intent impact enterprise sites differently than, say, a smaller site? And what do these sites need to do in order to play the intent game, so to speak?
2: So, I I mean, I answer that as a two-part question. So, as far as intent, you really have to look at what does Google rank for specific things. So, SurveyMonkey ranks for the keyword customer satisfaction. However, if you Google that, it's not going to our customer satisfaction survey page. It's going to a marketing page, which talks about the importance of customer satisfaction. I think I actually blogged about this on my own blog, where if you look at all the other sites that are ranking on this keyword customer satisfaction, they all have a variation in the word importance. So Google has determined that when people search the term customer satisfaction, they want to understand why customer satisfaction is important or necessary versus what is it as a definition. So when you to understand intent, you really have to look at what is currently ranking. And the best way to look at that is to like, look at the existing ranking. Now going over to intent at scale, intent at scale is a little bit different. So another company I recently worked with was in, they're they're in a commoditized space, had about 12 million URLs. So for them, it's really about outranking all the other websites that run the exact same commoditized product, and it's not about intent, it's about like filling in blanks in SEO. So how do they fill in blanks where Google's going to show someone on tail content better than their competitors are? So that's sort of understanding what Google tries to rank and trying to replicate that at scale. The larger enterprise is less about intent. For a smaller company, it's scalable to figure out intent on specific pages and look at the keywords. And your goal would be like having more keywords come into that same page.
0: Right. That makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm going to take back what I said, actually. The topic of topics in SEO these days is feature snippets. Get more feature snippets. Nothing else is more important. Nothing else is more cliche. But when should an enterprise site go after the zero position box? And in my eyes, more importantly, when should they not do that? When should they hold themselves back from trying to go after the feature snippet
2: i think sites should always go after it because it's great for branding i know like when we go after like you know if you do a voice search google announces the brand that has the featured snippet so i think if it's possible to always go after it there's best practices where you could follow on here's how you get the featured snippet you want to use bold lists you want to use ordered lists you want to make sure that like you know one place i saw featured snippets there's no ordered list it was a definition on um on a specific product where they just had headers, and I think it was H3 headers, and Google took those H3 headers and they pulled that into Featured Snippet. So I'd say, this, that site, they didn't intend to go after the Featured Snippet, there are a couple other pages like that, maybe replicate the same thing, but one thing they shouldn't do is never remove those H3s. So, you know, in short, always go after the Featured Snippet, whether you can always get it, different story, whether enterprises can get it, it's hard to do that at scale. Like, maybe if you're you know, discovery.com and right. you're doing a bunch of house works, you want to do that scale, that's going to answer featured snippet. But if you're just like a commoditized product, very hard to say, we're going to build our site that every single one of our pages show up in a featured snippet.
0: I mean, it is really interesting actually that you talk about feature snippets as a, as a way of building brand reputation. I think people miss the boat on that, especially in, in SERP features overall. Yes, there's a whole issue. You're not going to get the click, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Even with a feature snippet, a lot of times you get that answer and you don't need to click any further, but there is a huge element of branding to that or the brand reputation and brand awareness that I think is not often considered when people discuss SERP features and their impact on, on traffic.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's an interesting one we have at SurveyMonkey where we just sort of stole it from uh, the people that deserve it better but we did a blog post a year and a half ago on Netflix originals. So these, or actually not Netflix originals, all the originals produced by Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. So if you search for Netflix originals, we have that feature snippet. We have that answer box where we, we have a bold list of the Netflix originals. We don't have the same ranking for Amazon originals. We don't have the same one for Hulu originals. Why do we have it for Netflix, not Amazon and Hulu? It's hard to name. It's hard to know. That's up to Google. However, we're still, we, we should always follow those best practices to try to get it. And the best thing there is like if you do a voice search on, like, what are Netflix originals, it will tell you, and it will get that brand awareness on SurveyMonkey has come up with that list.
0: Yeah, I just talked to a bunch of content writers, technical writers, about this, where if you do a whole bunch – I did a whole bunch of technical searches for whatever products, whatever technical documentation, whatever it is. I have no idea. But a lot of the times the product or the brand in question doesn't show up in the feature snippet, and all these other sites that I never heard of show up instead of them, and it creates a whole – created a whole new awareness for me of a million sites I never knew existed because they showed up in the feature snippet, and now I know they're there. Okay, let's talk efficiency for a moment, which is self-evidently important the larger your your site and the larger your organization is. Obviously, an enterprise site needs a a good CMS. It needs a good, solid underlying template. But other than the the cliché advice advising just that, what's important when creating mass content via CMS template?
2: So every enterprise is probably going to build its own CMS or they're going to uh, really modify a CMS and the more visible and influential and authoritative the person doing SEO, whether that is an agency, an external agency, whether that's an internal employee is the more they can influence the decisions around the CMS. Now, more than likely, the person doing SEO is very disconnected from the engineering team that made the decision or the purchasing team that made the decision on the CMS. So the the best you'll do is work with those engineering teams to modify the CMS so the CMS becomes more a part of the flow and better optimized for SEO. So I've I've worked with companies and consulted for companies that have, they have a CMS where very, very inflexible and making a simple change like a title tag requires a complicated ticket process and then someone else will break it down the road and then you'll end up with no title tag. And you know it's even more painful to think about how do you do that at scale because it wasn't built for changing title tags at scale. The pages were built with Ajax in, for example, so like that's, the way CM- that's the way the CMS is built. And really pulling that apart is very, very difficult. I've been lucky with all the companies that I've worked for that I've been able to influence decisions around the CMS and what we've built and what we've chosen, that SEO is a core part of it. So SEO is a stakeholder. And traffic and organic traffic is important and no one wants to see that go away. And they're very cautious on what they do and they built in features like, they built in the ability to create hreflang should we so want it. They built in the features to create and package up site map, XML sitemaps should we so want it. Not a huge fan of those for smaller sites, I don't think they add a lot of value, but for bigger sites, that's incredibly important. Google may never come around to, you know, crawling a million pages if you launch a million pages. Having an XML sitemap and even having a way to pull that into a sitemap Important. So, I'd say to anybody involved with a company that has a terrible CMS, you're not alone. There's lots of people that have exactly the same problem, and your role is to influence, you know, in baby steps getting to better CMS. If you're in a company that's picking a new CMS, stand on the mountaintops and scream about how important it is that you get to those meetings.
0: So, you, you hinted at the cumbersome nature of larger organizations, and everyone will tell you that your SEO team must be running like a smooth SEO machine. And that you have to provide training, encourage creativity, yada, yada, yada. I can tell you the same thing applies to McDonald's. It's great. I agree. Wonderful. But what unique factors does an SEO team, an enterprise SEO team, need to consider? Or more specifically, what must a team leader consider that is unique to running an enterprise SEO team?
2: So I'd say that there's two ways I've seen enterprise SEO teams run. The first is like an agency. So you have a company, say it's Microsoft, say it's uh, you know, Intel. The SEO team is an internal agency. When someone is launching a new page, they file a ticket with the internal SEO agency. They reach out and say, we're launching this new page. Please SEO it for me. And then the SEO team will you know, work on best practices, send them back the ticket. Here's how you launch a new page. The way I've structured my teams, the way I work with, you know, all the teams I've ever worked with is, we are uh, a revenue driver. We own the revenue number, the organic revenue number. So we need that seat at the table. And if you want organic revenue to climb, you're going to want to work with the SEO team. And we're functioning more as a product team. We're building the product around SEO to achieve our revenue number. And we're proactively working with engineers to build SEO products. We're actively have data engineers on our team to grab the data to how to best optimize and grow traffic. So if you're in a McDonald's and you're just kind of the short order cook and you're it's your job to like slap the ketchup on and, and, and slap, slap the pickle on, you don't have that much of an, an outcome, you don't have that much influence on the outcome of the actual burger. But you want to be in the front of the house. You want to say, this is my recipe, I'm the chef. You want to have people giving us great reviews on Yelp. This is not a McDonald's anymore, this is a great restaurant. You want to be there, you want to be the chef, you want to come up with the recipe and then direct all those other people on how to build that burger for you. Hopefully I carried that <laughs> reference forward enough. <laughs> So you're
0: you're talking like real political leveraging here.
2: Yes. I you can't win in a large company that with, without having that political leverage. Again, if you're sitting behind the scenes and you know the most successful SEO teams I've been on have been where SEO is a part of the product rather than a part of marketing. But you're not gonna be successful if like you're furthest off from like, you know, the revenue, further you're away from the traffic. You're just kind of checking the box on this is what SEO is. But if you want to be like driving that organic revenue number. And I think people, you know, SEOs should be driving that organic revenue number. It's a, a huge number. If you break down like where companies are getting traffic from, so if we get all the sales channel, but if you want to figure out where companies are getting inbound traffic, there aren't a lot of sources. It's direct, it's organic, it's paid, you know, some sort of other version. I mean you can split paid into you know PPC and display campaigns. And then you've got social. Those are it. Right. So like organic should be that revenue number organic for the right companies that have built the right organic strategy you want to make sure that number keeps going up you want that seat at the table to help that number go up and not be there we're like hey what the hell happened to our organic it used to be like 60 of our revenue now it's 10 percent we have to see if there's anybody in this company that can do seo and before you know it if you're that far behind the scenes some huge agency is doing your job so you don't want to be there you want to be there you want to you want to be the ones deciding that, hey, I am capable of doing this. I am capable of driving that organic revenue number. and I would like to present to the executive team on how much impact I'm having to the bottom line.
0: That's some solid advice right there. You, you probably want to figure out how much traffic is coming in organically. I know I was just looking at this recently. Uh, Amazon has 50% of their traffic coming in organically through search. I think Samsung has 65%, something crazy like that. You probably want to have that number in your back pocket to, to use as leverage.
2: Oh, absolutely. And you know, when it comes to like getting promotions and progressing in your career, being able to say like, I grew tens of millions of dollars from my personal efforts. That's huge. It's not like saying, Hey, my job is I make sure that we have our title tags and I did some keyword research. It's really like, you know, at scale. And again, this will only happen at scale with a company that has the ability to drive tens of millions of dollars. Like my efforts, without my efforts, you would have done you know, continue to progress along just the way you have. But my efforts have enabled us to build a good CMS. My efforts have been enabled us to create the right content. My efforts have been able to, you know, get us ranking and visibility. Look how much money that has driven. You want to be in that driver's seat. And like anytime I am working with a company, whether it's you know a company I'm employed at or a company that I'm consulting with, it's really about how do we elevate SEO that's really important. And I see that, you know, nowadays what with you know ha- what's happening with privacy around pay markets, so it's Google increasing privacy means CPCs go up. Facebook increasing privacy, CPCs go up. Organic becomes that much more important because here's a non-optimized channel that can drive revenue. So own that channel, get in front of it and talk about how much you can drive from that channel.
0: Has it become easier over time? Winners, <laughs>
2: once you win, it's easy to keep winning. All right. But once making that argument of like, you know, I did, I've done this and no one's listening, kind of challenging. But when you made that argument, like I've done this and everyone's listening, you get more resources and you can keep winning.
0: All right. So uh, I can't leave the conversation without discussing money, dinero, budget. So let me ask you straight up, what is the biggest waste of enterprise SEO budget? Uh, and to be balanced, what is the, the biggest budgetary investment that an SEO team can make for an enterprise site?
2: So there's the, the biggest investment that companies can make is probably on on teams, on resources. (laughs) So you wanna wanna use that effectively. You wanna make sure you're hiring the right people, getting the right SEOs on your team. The smartest people are gonna be expensive. The uh, content, you wanna have internal content writers, those people could be expensive. And then there's software. Software isn't nearly as much as expensive as as the people. But I, I think that could be an area of budgetary waste if you're not using the right software. If you're using software just to get a temperature check, doesn't help. That could be expensive. If you're using software, which is helping you with research, with showing you rankings and giving you the ability to get more rankings, showing you the featured snippets and teaching you how to get more featured snippets, it's paying for itself.
0: So basically, you should buy Rank Ranger. That's what you're trying to say.
2: That's yes. okay. You don't, to, you don't have to
0: answer. You don't have to answer that. It's implied. If
2: you're using Rank Ranger and it's helping you generate more money, then you should help that from the mountaintops about how far <laughs> And, and it pays for itself. If you're subscribing to a tool and you're not logging in ever, you're wasting your budget.
0: Yeah, and I, being on the other end of that, I, I've seen that way too often, way, way, way too often.
2: Yeah, I mean, at a company with a decent sized SEO budget, I get pitched software all the time. And a lot of times my, my metric is, will I even log into this tool? And you know, many times I find that I can do the same thing with cheaper tools. Like for example, there's a lot of great crawling tools some of them are amazing, but if you're not using them, you're probably just as good with a screaming frog, which is significantly cheaper. Right. Same goes with ranking. Tools. If you're not using your ranking tools, you're probably just as fine with like checking your rankings on your phone when you're, you know, waiting to go to the bathroom. Be like, hey, let me see where I'm ranking <laughs> today. In,
0: in all, in all honesty, to give you a little peek behind the scenes, so we we've had it's funny you mentioned crawling. We've had an integration with the software company for a while with it, and we just noticed that it's, it's not being. It's not being used what we thought it would be used. And we figure that what's happened is that it's just too complicated for what the, our users, what our clients want. So what we did was we basically created a stripped-down version of a crawling tool that it all was the same data. It's just much more visual, much more simplistic, and much more basic in the way it's presented. And, and, the, and the usage just went up through the roof because it's a waste. It's, it was People were wasting their their money buying an expensive tool, looking at expensive tools, looking at complicated reports when there wasn't really a need for it. I have to do this to you now that we've offered. Now you've offered me some really deep enterprise SEO insights. I have this. I have this bit that I do. I call it uh, optimize it or disavow it, and it's basically me trying to put you into a corner and seeing if I can you know nail you somehow. Which I know sounds a horrible thing to do. Oh okay. God! Yeah. Uh, no. But inevitably, it works out against me because you guys are such SEO experts that the questions aren't as really hard as I as I anticipated and you ended up entering them very, very easily, and I look like a fool. But I'm gonna try it anyway, okay? So we're gonna play Optimize and disavow with Eli Schwartz. All right, right. so let's do it. I have, I'm gonna give you two options, okay? And you have to choose one of these two options. Now either I'm gonna give you two really good options and you have to disavow or put aside a really great option, or I'm gonna give you two crappy options and you're going to be on record choosing a crappy option. All right. So a solid SEO. I'm sorry. Solid SEO. I can't even think straight. A solid PPC strategy or page speed improvement. You can only do one of them. PPC or page speed if you're an enterprise site. Let's keep it enterprise here. Which is more important to you? To focus on PPC or at the expense of page speed or to focus on page speed at the expense of PPC?
2: So, I, whenever I'm asked an SEO question, I try to avoid always saying it depends. I, I learned from a great SEO earlier in my career who always answered everything confidently, even if he was wrong. This is the only time I'm going to say depends. So, I, I,
0: I'm going to tell you, this is not a nursing home. There are no depends here.
2: Okay. Well, I'm going to say depends anyway. Ah, fine. Because I personally believe that page speed is a waste of time for anyone optimized because page speed will only hurt you if you're too slow. However, when it comes to enterprises, they're the only companies that can qualify as too slow because some of their websites can just be so big. Mm-hmm. So in this case, I would say optimize for page speed because it's very likely an enterprise website could be too slow. For a non-enterprise website, I would say always go for PPC. You'll get more bang for your buck because you'll actually see value from that versus a page speed improvement. But again, more than likely enterprise websites, they're loading too many things. Probably the biggest thing wrong with enterprise websites is they bought so many enterprise tools, so they have so many enterprise tracking pixels. You know, you can grab a Chrome plugin which show you how many tracking pixels load on any big website, and it'll make you want to cry. Like there is no reason for every tracking pixel to load on your browser, but they're there, and those are all causing the page to slow down. So yes, for enterprises, let's speed up those pages.
0: So that doesn't qualify as a. It depends. There's just two different scenarios. I'm not. I consider that a real answer. Thank you. Legitimate. Okay. Yeah, That's we're definitely. good. All right. Thank you very much, Eli. I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on, and we'll hope to have you on again sometime.
2: Love to. Thank you, Morning.
0: You got it. And we are back to your regularly scheduled In Search SEO podcast programming. Prolific, by the way, he has enterprise SEO down. Pat, I really wanted to go more into um, some more tips on running a smooth SEO team, but I got the feeling, because we ran out of time, but I I did get the feeling they had a lot more to say about that.
1: Maybe you could even invite him back for a second interview in the future. Hmm. Yeah, we could do that. Time for the poll question? Nope. No?
0: Nope.
1: No poll question. (laughs) Why not?
0: Because we're going in a different direction. Poll questions are passe. They're... That's like so last week.
1: Uh, last week? Yeah, that's like totally
0: last week. So what's new? What's it's this like, week? It's like wearing like 1970s bell bottoms or 60s bell bottoms. What were the bell <laughs> bottoms from the 60s or the 70s? I don't remember. I was I was not alive for either of them.
1: <laughs> so maybe that's why you don't remember. <laughs> that's
0: why I don't know. I can't remember what I before I was born. Anyway, in this case, what we're going to do instead of the poll question is we're going to have a place where you can share your tips. Okay? And this week, we're going to ask you to share your tips on what creates a well-oiled SEO team? A well-oiled SEO machine. I'm a machine, to quote Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, what? You know he's coming back to be Terminator again. Again? It gets amazing. He's like 80 years old. He's gonna be like Terminator the Walker. It's unbelievable. He's
1: not 80. Yes, he is. He's
0: got to be close to 80. I don't know. That's what happens when you look, either either he's 80 or he's done so many steroids he looks like he's 80. Anyway, again, we would like to know your tips. Not a poll question. But share your tips. Help spread that good old SEO knowledge by telling us some tips on what helps create a well-oiled SEO machine.
1: And where should people share these tips? Hmm, What a good,
0: well-placed, and timely question, Kim. Thank you. Yes. Well, for the price of of just $9.99 – sorry, that was was too easy. Anyway, (laughs) just like the poll question – we will post the share your tip on Twitter. Uh, there'll be a link to it in the blog post for this podcast. So look for it, share. You can comment right on social media. We'll have a document where you can comment. Either or is totally acceptable. We will see it, we will find it. And if you share a great tip, we will feature you on the In Search SEO podcast next week. Anyway, I believe we shall news it, shall we? What? Shall we news it? I'll oh, forget, it, whatever. Forget my old English. Take it away, came with the news.
1: When you see a product collection with a knowledge panel, you can click to see the entire collection.
0: Mm, so you see some products featured in the knowledge panel. Now you can click to see the entire collection of products. That's so odd. It's something on the SERP where you can see more products. Because I mean, we haven't heard anything about more opportunities for more product placements on the SERP at all lately. Of course, being sarcastic because just see last week's podcast. <sighs> okay.
1: Uh, next is that we have our first major Google update of 2019. Woo-hoo! Yes. Or,
0: uh-oh, depending upon if you went up or down.
1: Google has rolled out another core update that began on March 12th before tapering off by the 15th. Mm-hmm. There was a bit of confusion as to the name of the update with the industry first calling it Florida 2.
0: Right, that was good. That was brilliant. Because right, Go on, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, however, this update doesn't have anything to do with the first Florida update. Which is
0: why it makes so much sense to call it Florida 2, right? Yes. For some some very smart people in the SEO industry, I think we botched that one.
1: So there is another name. Um, It's called instead now March 2019 Core Update.
0: Which makes sense. And like Google actually wait. Danny Solomon from Google actually waited and said, "Enough of the nonsense. The names you're picking are quite ridiculous. Let's just call the March 2019 core update whatever he called it in the end, because it makes it makes sense. And let's just stick to that." Um, Good. Yeah. It's by the way, some initial data that I, I pulled. Um, it looks okay. First off, you have to understand that because just because it's a core update does not mean that it's an enormous update. This update, in terms of how other updates look. Uh, they're they're right around the same levels. In other words, the amount of rank fluctuations, the extent of the fluctuations, the degree of fluctuation that we saw on the SERP, in this case for a broad core update, because it's so official, uh, was very similar to some of the unofficial updates that Google ran. Now, of course, you're going to remember the medic update, and that was huge, okay? This is smaller than that. This is much smaller than that. This is more of your typical um, large-scale Google update versus something cataclysmic like like the medic update. So yeah, that's that.
1: And last but not least, Google has given us... Florida 2.
0: Come on. I'm sorry. I had to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here, Florida 2.
1: Google has given us a new hotel booking site, which gives you the options you normally would associate with the deeper elements of a hotel listing associated with a local finder, etc.,
0: Yeah. Okay. So I I have to comment about this one big time. So first off, okay, the new deeper set of hotel info has actually been on the SERP since November. Okay. So as far as I can tell you, the only difference is, is that now you can start your hotel search with the new site, whereas before you could only access it via a hotel listing on the SERP. But the insights are the same. Because everyone's like, what's the impact of this? Um, the same thing as it's always been since the last you know four or five months. Okay. The only difference now is is that before the only way you can access these deep insights was by clicking on one of the um, hotel listings either in the local panel um, or in the local pack or in the key, or in the local finder and so forth. Now you can head directly over to these to this address and put it in a hotel and, and blah 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 and get these insights. Okay. You know what? I'm, I'm just going to turn this into another one of Morty's pet peeves because I have a lot to say about this. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. So hit the music because here we go with another one of Morty's pet peeves. <laughs> So I know we haven't done one of my pet peeves in a while, but this is this is so deserving of this. Okay. So in terms of insights, oh, it's not fair. Google is offering so many insights, and the average organic site cannot possibly compete. Really? Seriously? Okay. Okay. What? Expedia couldn't offer me deep insights if it wanted to. Why don't these booking sites kind of get off the you know get off their rear end a little bit and start competing with Google by offering actual travel insights? Almost none of them do. At least not from what I've seen. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So tell me, because otherwise, I sound like an idiot. But I, I, you go to these sites, okay, and I, all you get is someone uh, is a site trying to shove another car rental down your throat, right? Great, quit trying to shove a car rental or another hotel room down my throat. I'm just looking for a flight, okay? I'm already staying at my sister's place in the middle of New York freaking city. I don't need a car. Okay, I've seen Expedia's SEO, SEO. <laughs> I've seen Expedia's CEO. It's you know that C and the S is a big difference. Whoever it was complained, by the way, previously, we covered it on this podcast. He was complaining about Google and how they're taking away so much traffic and making it so much harder to compete. You know what? Stop complaining. Okay. Stop thinking so short term when it comes to revenue by, again, shoving more down my throat that I don't actually want. Okay. By asking, do you, hey, do you really want to rent a car for the 80th time? No, I don't want to rent a car. I would have clicked. I want a flight and a car if I really wanted to rent a car, okay? And why don't you try to offer a little bit more deep travel insights? Do you really mean to tell me Expedia? I'm picking on Expedia, but it's all applicable. Do you really mean to tell me, okay, that if you show me a flight for $5,000 from JFK New York to LAX, that you can't tell me that's a bad deal? I know that's a bad deal. You couldn't tell me it's a bad deal? Stop complaining about Google and start offering real insights to travelers so that Google, I mean, Google is, Google in this instance Is just picking up on something that is so, it's like perfectly low hanging ripe fruit because no one else is doing it and there's such a need for it. What are the others, what are these sites complaining about? Compete, seriously, okay? You can't complain about Google when all Google's doing is picking up the slack from the lousy job you're doing. Mic drop.
1: All right, that sounds fair, Morty, but (laughs) relax. I can't, I'm really intense (laughs) about this. It's really upsetting me. I can tell, I can tell. Yeah. I'm almost a little bit scared. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you.
0: I'm really, I'm just... It's a podcast. I have to be entertaining.
1: Yes, you are.
0: I Thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. Oh, glorious is the day. Glory, glory, glory. As today, I am not the one who has to do the fun SEO send-off question. You're clapping, I know. You don't know what you're in for. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is I who to sit back in rigid judgment of Kim's very first fun... SEO send off question.
1: Are you ready? Oh yeah,
0: I'm ready. Because you know by the way, this is the beginning of the end. This is the beginning of you doing these questions and not me.
1: We'll see. We'll yes. See. <laughs> we'll see. So the question is, what would Google have for breakfast? Mm. It is a good question. That's a good question. That is I a good think question. The I best do... one so far. It actually is. Me. I know.
0: I <laughs> I concur. That is a great question. It's just why you should be doing this each and every week, because <laughs> you just a, gr- a great job at it. It is the best question, by the way. Yes. You can do it. Yeah. Why we're Googly for lunch next week? (laughs) (laughs) Very creative. (laughs) Very creative.
1: So, do you want to explain your answer first? No, no, no. You should go first. Okay. So, I think it would be a protein shake that has everything you need. It's a full meal. You can take it with you when you go on the subway or if you drive to work or wherever you need to be. And you can also drink it and type at the same time. Mm,
0: so Google can adjust those algorithms <laughs> at the same yes. time as having their shake.
1: All you need.
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. about it. I was thinking, by the way, the same sort of thing, but like old school. Like, you know, the, the hardcore protein breakfast, because you you're going to run the marathon. <laughs> you got to have that protein breakfast. Yeah. Right? You're going to run the, the algorithm marathon. So throw some SEO cliches in there. But I was thinking like old school, like eggs in a glass, like straight up Rocky style. Just you know, knocking back, you know, cracking three or four eggs into a glance that's knocking it back. That's Google's breath out the door, out the door, out to mess around with ring fluctuations. Hardcore. Hardcore. And cut to Rocky theme music. No, i joking. bum but a bum but bum but do 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 Okay, sorry. Anyway, that will do it for us on the In Search SEO podcast. Don't forget to tune in again next Tuesday for another new episode with another great SEO expert guest. It has been In Search because we're all in search of something. No, goodbye. No,
1: goodbye. You do. Say goodbye, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye, guys.